0: Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast,
1: where the magic is in learning.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the March 22nd episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. She's Kim. He's Chris. And we have been talking a lot about travel over the past couple of podcast episodes, and this one might be no different.
1: It might be no different, but we have a little more, let's say, experience with recent travel now. So we can actually make this even more relevant to the discussion and discuss it in a slightly different way. And we're even going to expand more on this in terms of travel in March's class. Because we started talking about it, especially after we returned from California and said, you know, we could do something with this. So let's talk about that first. Our March class is coming up very very soon now.
2: Yes, in another week and a half. So yeah. next Thursday, which is the 31st, last day eight, of the month. Right, at 8:30 p.m. We're going to talk about, you know, different ways of traveling and our experiences that we had with traveling and how people were working, you know, with us to get us from New York to California.
1: Yeah, coast to coast travel can be kind of grueling. It obviously takes a while to do it. You're looking at a significant amount of duration, 2,500 miles to get from one side of the country to the other, essentially, is where we were going. And, you know, that takes a toll. What happens as you move from point A to point B? How does it work? What do people act like? How are people behaving? And obviously, we can only speak based on our own experiences of this trip. But I think we have some interesting things that we could share with you in the course of class. Obviously, our class will be recorded as well, so if you'd like to enjoy that angle of the discussion, we'd love to have you either join us or catch it on the recording. I think it's going to be a really interesting topic, and we're just going to discuss some of the things that we experienced in the course of our travels, some things about how we navigated and some things about how we perhaps will navigate in future in terms of travel. Chris is a really seasoned pro traveler. I'm not so seasoned, but I'm a confident traveler. I'm not someone who's scared to travel. And to do things. And I think perhaps as a result of that, we have perhaps more successful travel experience than some that we've heard about. And that's, you know, I don't want to jump to any judgments or conclusions, but I think confidence goes a long way in how you're perceived as a traveler, including as a traveler with a visual impairment. So we'll talk more about that in the course of class, but lots of things to say and hopefully some good experiences. And if any of you happen to be at CSUN, we would love to hear your experiences too in terms of your travel experiences from coast to coast or if you've done some recent travel or if you've just kind of had some questions about how travel is now reaching, please, post-COVID, then you know, we will be happy to answer for you. And definitely some things have changed in the post-COVID era in terms of how travel is working. So we'll definitely be talking a lot about that and letting you know our experiences.
2: Yes, a couple of things before we begin. I just wanted to reiterate that our podcast website moved out of the main mysticaxis.com website as well as the downloads. So it has benefits, and the benefits outweigh the drawbacks. The main drawback is that you can't go to mysticaxis.com and search for a download. It won't work because they're separate domains. It's no longer within the main website. So you can't search from the website of mysticaccess.com. Let's say, for example, you're looking for the Brilliant 20 audio documentation. That's on the downloads. You go to the downloads link first, then you can search. So let's hope that's not confusing, but that's the drawback of pulling the data out of the main website. It has its, like I said, benefits. The main site is much faster. There's less conflicts that we have to deal with and things of that nature. So just to keep that in mind, that is how that works.
1: So to clarify this a bit more, if you're going to search for a podcast, you can either click on the podcast link on the main Mystic Access site and then search or go to mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you want to search for download, same thing. Either click on the downloads link, then search or go to mysticaccessdownloads.com if you want to search for a product that we offer you do that from the main mystic access search box on the mysticaccess.com website so that's kind of how to keep it straight in your head
2: right so as kim had mentioned we went to csun and we met a bunch of great people but i'm gonna i'm gonna tell a story before we go and the story is this so we were traveling from buffalo to chicago And then we flew from Chicago to Santa Ana. We got on the Chicago flight to Santa Ana and we're sitting there in our seats, minding our own business, talking amongst each other. And one of the flight attendants comes up to us and wants to, you know, give us the rundown and all that other stuff. He noticed that we both had visual impairments. So he asked us if we used Freedom Scientific products. And of course, we both hesitated a little bit. It's kind of a Interesting question to be asked, you know, when you're you not expecting
1: uh, to be asked that by your flight attendant.
2: No, maybe. you're not. <laughs> so the funny part of the whole story is we did answer yes. And it turned out to be Eric Damry's son, which I thought was kind of all but amazing to meet somebody's son who's working for or working at CSUN and who is a big name in our industry. So that was kind of fun.
1: Yeah, ultimately, we're a really small market. And what's the likelihood of us getting on a plane in Chicago? We could be going anywhere from Chicago. But we were going to CSUN. Eric was going to be a CSUN. It's a little bitty community. And Eric's son is on the plane as our flight attendant. I mean, that was just hilarious.
2: And it was funny because when we were walking the exhibits, and of course, we knew this was going to happen. His son texted him from the plane or something or when he got landed or whatever and said that he had met us. So we're walking the exhibit hall and Eric walks up to us and he goes, I heard you met my son. Yep, we did.
1: <laughs> so he introduced himself to us and we had a, a fun little quick chat. So it was kind of fun.
2: It's a fun story. But what we're going to do in this episode is we're going to talk a little bit about what we saw at SeaSun. Yeah, Not we're necess- going to focus
1: on the toys.
2: Right. Not necessarily the travel that comes in the class, but the, the toys that we saw. And then we're also going to have a demonstration from Lisa a little bit later, who is going to demonstrate a new coffee maker that she just purchased.
1: Yeah, speaking of toys, we thought it fit really well in this episode. So if you're interested in all things shiny and new, or maybe shiny and new to you. This is the episode for you because we did see quite a bit of stuff. I think we could have seen potentially a lot more. We really didn't have the time, though, because this was a work trip. It wasn't a fun, let's just go wander the conference halls or check out sessions trip. (laughs) So this was something where we wanted to take as much time as we could, and we didn't know how much we'd have. But we got a surprisingly amount seen in the amount of time we had to walk the exhibit halls.
2: Right. So what we're going to talk about, some is... You know, relatively inexpensive, and some of it's just not cheap. There's no real way to put it. The first thing that we saw when we found our way to the HIMSS booth, and we saw the new BrailleSense 6 Mini that was literally just announced at CSUN. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know what that is, that is a note-taker by HIMSS. It has word processing, address book, you know, the standard note-taking features and functionality but it runs on the Android operating system and it had an octa core processor and it also has six gigabytes of RAM. I don't know what the internal storage was because I didn't know. But when I picked it up, I haven't had a HIMS product in a number of years. But when I picked it up, it was like going home. I just picked it up, knew exactly how to use the main functions of the device. It was really, really fun to Actually see that? the last one I saw was the U2. So I've never seen a Polaris and I've never seen the new BS six until now. The nice thing about it is it was super fast. I opened it. It was a...
1: super fast. I mean, from the second it was open, he said, type on it, type on it. So I started typing on it. And it was almost seamless when you started typing and then the text appears on the display.
2: It's crazy. Yes. They said you can't out type it. And they're probably right now. I could never outtype the old stuff because my just brailing is not as fast as it could be, but that's okay. But Kim's a pretty fast brailer, and it kept up with her.
1: Oh yeah, easily, especially since I'm not familiar like Chris with hims devices, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I wasn't probably typing anywhere near my fastest. So it was still fun. It was a, it was a good experiment,
2: and that was fun. And we didn't see any of the other things because. We were just looking at it, but the cool thing about the Hims device is that when you go into the file manager, you can connect to Google drive and you can connect to OneDrive, And I believe they even said you can connect to Dropbox that way. It was within the file manager itself. So you didn't have an app that you had to download and install from the app store. So that was kind of interesting. And remember when we're talking about these things, Sometimes we've only had like two minutes to play with something, you know, because you want to just play with it and move on.
1: Yeah, we're not the type of people who hang out at one booth for a long period of time. We want to see a bunch of stuff and we only had a couple hours. We knew we had to get back to work. So we had to run, 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 see as much as we could in a short amount of time, have some conversations because we were networking, too. I mean, who are you kidding? You know, we were there to talk to people and have people learn about us in addition to learning about what they had to offer. So. You kind of have to balance everything out carefully.
2: The next thing that we saw, which I had never seen before, and I'm kind of wanting one, is the WeWalk cane. Now, for those who don't know what that is, that is an, it's an Ambiotech cane with a handle that has smart features built into it. So it connects to your phone via Bluetooth. It has obstacle detection. And it's, it seems pretty nice. It also can allow you to use GPS navigation and the voice will come through the speaker on the cane. So you can put your phone in your pocket and you can use the speaker on your handle, if you will, in order to get the information that you need. So when I was checking that out, I says, oh, good, let's see if I have any obstacles in front of me. And it turned out that my wife was an obstacle. (laughs) Who knew? We also saw different Sensi tips, I believe they're called, they're different types of cane tips for, you know, so maybe they you don't want the rolling marshmallow or the regular pencil tip, you might want something else. And those tips were supposed to keep your cane from sticking in sidewalk cracks. How many times have we done that? The cane goes into your gut and you okay. kind of, you know, because the tip gets caught. So we saw those. These products that we're talking about here from the Low Vision Shop.
1: Speaking of canes, we also saw another cool thing, which was a bag for your cane. So those of you like me who were wanting a bag for everything, this is a really cool thing. You can stick your cane inside. And the story behind that, it was a guy who created it, had a little whoopsie with his cane. It went through some nasty stuff that you don't want your cane to go through and ended up all over his bag because he put his cane in his bag. And everything got gross and disgusting so he wanted to create this little gadget and it's a really nicely made high quality bag you stick your cane in it as opposed to sticking it in something else and then you stick the bag into your other bag or you carry it with you or whatever so that's how you solve that problem and i think they came in black and red and you've got a special little thing for your bag and i really liked this when i was on the plane too because, you know, your cane's been all over the airports and God knows where, and you can just stick it in your bag, specifically made for your cane, and then put it in the seat pocket in front of you, and you're set to go.
2: Right. Your cane tipped. It's been all over the dirty, mm. disgusting floor Floors, in the airport or yes. whatever, concrete outside or mm-hmm. what have you. It's not sitting in the seat pocket in front of you out for just, Yeah. I think we've become a little bit more sanitized because of COVID. Which is I know I have even more. <laughs> and I was thing. always
1: really kind of fastidious to begin with. Now I'm extra crazy.
2: But the next thing that we saw is this little thing that looks like a blood pressure cuff. And it has a little handle on it. What you do is you take that cuff and you put it over someone's arm that's doing study the guide. And then you used a little handle instead of touching their skin or you know if it's a hot day maybe you're they're sweaty or whatever and you don't want to touch their sweat so that's that was kind of an interesting concept i believe that was like 39 bucks or something which really isn't bad
1: let's move on to our little tour of the dream vision booth we saw two things there that we want (laughs) that are going to go on our christmas list of stuff to get we're going to be saving our pennies one of them is the Actilino from HandyTech. There's a lot of cool things about this, but Chris can tell you his favorite cool thing about it. Well, I'll tell you my cool favorite thing first. Its braille display is concave, so it's a curved braille display. I love this braille display. You know how most braille displays are flat? Not this one. So it's hard to explain it, but imagine your braille being kind of in a little trough in front of you. That's how this is. And I love it. I just think it's a very comfortable experience. I also think the Braille on the Actilino is super pretty Braille. <laughs> Any of you who like Braille like I do will know, have a kind of an idea what I mean by super pretty Braille. It's very sharp. It's very crisp. And it's really high quality. So that impressed me. But the other thing that's impressive is how you can configure
2: your Actilino. Actilino knows where your hands are. So you don't pan with it. There's no panning buttons that you have to pan with. So when it gets to the end of the line, it automatically advances for you, which is really, really cool. That's not my favorite feature. My favorite feature is you can program certain gestures within the Actilino. For example, if your finger is scrubbing on a cell, because that's what I know I'm not supposed to do it, but I do it. And it can have the screen reader say, the current character that you which is really cool. There is a 16-cell model, and I think there is a larger model as well, but I'm not 100% sure on that one. I know we both saw the little one, but it's a no taker It also does music Braille. It, it also, does, which yes, is
1: really cool. It'll actually play your music back to you. You can compose music in it, and it'll play it back. Right. can't wait to play with that. Woo.
2: Yes, and these are christmas list type of things. so.
1: Yeah, we don't have these yet. <laughs>
2: if we ever have them but so we saw that and the other thing that we saw was the i think it's called a lyric now this is a cool scanning device standalone scanning device what you do is you put the paper under it and it takes the picture and starts reading but what i thought was kind of neat was that when you pull the paper out let's say that you're reading an envelope to a piece of mail you can pull that envelope out it stops reading And it's waiting for the next piece of paper to go underneath and then you it seems like it would be a very good time saver and it's very very small and it had a little remote that you could use to control the scanning and reading appliance and it magnetizes to the device which is super cool yes
1: another thing that we saw that we thought may be of interest to many of you is a company called logic keyboard it's a family-run company we met the daughter michelle and she was really fun to talk to. She was really cool. And she explained to us all about their products. They have various keyboards, obviously, based on their name, Logic Keyboard. And they have backlit keyboards. They have large print keyboards. And, yes, they have Braille keyboards. You obviously can utilize these with your various devices. Did you remember if they were Bluetooth or wired?
2: It depended on the type of keyboard. I believe the Braille ones were not. I believe the Braille ones were wired keyboards only.
1: Okay, so you could use those with your PC or potentially your Mac as well, but certainly for your PC. And what was cool about them is last time Chris really played with a Braille keyboard, it was a keyboard with Braille labels stuck on the keys. Oh, right. no, not so here.
2: <laughs> and while we're talking about Braille keyboard, we're not talking about a Perkins-style keyboard. No. We're talking about a QWERTY keyboard with Braille on each key. The cool thing about their solution when I was playing with a braille keyboard years and years and years ago, it was literally somebody took the time and put braille stickers on each key and that's what I saw. What they've done which is ingenious is the braille is right in the keycap.
1: Yeah, it was really cool. The braille was really nice quality and I think this could be great for anybody who is either just learning braille or who knows braille but is trying to learn their keyboard layout maybe you've forgotten everything you learned in high school yeah okay that's understandable and you want to refresh your course well this could help you out and it's not some humongous specialized keyboard it's just a really nice keyboard with braille in the keys
2: absolutely and they've done that with they have different contrasts for the low vision people so if you could see a different keyboard or better than other keyboards. I mean, they have a bunch of keyboards. That's their fame. They had smaller keyboards, larger keyboards, and it was it was it was great to talk to them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We met so many nice people. That's my favorite part of the whole experience, besides maybe the weather. <laughs> but it was great to meet so many really lovely people and find out what they were all about. We also met a gentleman from a Dutch company whose name I'll have to find out and let y'all know later. I'll try and put it in the show notes. They had a little six-key device. I think there was only six keys on it. And you hold it a specific way, and you can use it to control many of the aspects. I won't say all because I don't know that for sure, but many of the aspects of your smartphone. And it was so small and compact, you could put it in your purse when you weren't using it, and you can use it to text, you can use it to control your phone. And it was really cute. Now, I talked to somebody later who said it was a little clicky. I didn't get to play with it enough to see how clicky it was myself. But I actually think I might get one because I really like the fact that it seems very intuitive to use. And, again, the size is very small. For those who want a comparison, yes, it is smaller than the Orbit Rider. So it's just a neat little device. So I'm kind of anxious to look that up and learn more about that. And how that works. I also finally got to see an OrCam. I've been wanting to see one for a long time. And it was really great to actually finally get to. I like it.
2: (laughs) You like it too much.
1: I like it a little too much. Well, I think I'm going to like it too much. Because it's very fast. And it offers a really cool feature set. Now, the argument, of course, that someone may have is, well, can't you do all this stuff from your phone? Some of it you can do from your phone. There are advantages to being hands-free with a lot of things. Now, Chris will tell you, he'll put it this way. I'll say I'm very fashion-conscious. He'll tell you I'm very vain. I try not to be vain. Anyway, point B, that I'm not somebody who you're going to catch wandering around with something big on my head. (laughs) And so, if I like it, it's probably pretty small. And this is. It's a little, if you haven't seen an OrCam, it's a little, and this is the OrCam MyEye Pro. It's a little rectangular device about the size of a flash drive and it literally just fits over your glass glasses frames and you just stick it on the side and then you're able to activate it with taps and swipes and I think there's one button on it that you also use for operation it might just be for power and then you can move around and you can do various things with it, and you've got volume control on it so that you can make it as very subtle or a louder experience for you based on what you need. But the point is it doesn't have to be blasting out and it's right next to your face. So you'll be able to hear whatever it says. So it does orientation, it does color detection, it does barcode scanning, which I really hope it does a good job with that because I've never been happy since my ID Quest died dramatically. I haven't found a, what I felt was a a substitute anywhere near comparable substitute for that, so I really hope that I'm relatively pleased with what I find here. But the reading capabilities just seem astounding with it, so I'm anxious to learn more and enjoy that experience and see what happens with that. Because I really think between the orientation and the facial recognition and all the things you can do with it, and of course, you have to program the facial recognition, but nevertheless. I think it's got things in there that will make life tremendously more convenient.
2: One of the kind of cute things that it does is that if you want to know what the time is and you don't have a watch, you just bring up your wrist like you're checking the time on your watch, and it'll tell you what the time is. Again, you don't have to have a watch. You just pretend like you do, and it'll say, the time is blah, and uh, that's kind of fun. It does facial recognition, color detection, money identification. But one of the cool things that I think it does is that you can look at, let's say you're reading a newspaper, you can say, tell me all the headlines and it'll tell you all the headlines. And then you say, okay, read article two or read article four, read article one, and it will go and it'll read those articles to you. That's pretty amazing.
1: We saw some other things. We saw a Braille embosser. We saw the Mountbatten, which we can't really speak too much about because we only saw it for a second although I think we wandered into the guy's booth while he was away at one point earlier which was kind of funny because I was reading about it I'm like oh look it's Mountbatten (laughs) and then we wandered back in there as we were going back toward our own booth and he stopped us and we had a nice conversation with him he had that and he had this really cool graphics processor that would create tactile graphics and he had this cool little fish and you could tell it was fish totally Mm
0: -hmm. it was
1: great It was really cool We also talked to a lot of people. We talked to a couple of gentlemen from the Blind Veterans Administration. And we just had some really good conversations with a lot of people. And that made it all worthwhile, just being able to talk to other people, other professionals in our industry, and see what people were all about and what was going on and what other people's experiences were. So that part was just awesome. It's a great, great experience.
2: We met some old friends. We met we sure some did. new friends. Yep. But before we turn this over to Lisa, I've got one more little story that I want to tell you about. And for those that know about CSUN, it's mostly held at the Marriott. And one thing that Marriott had was this elevator that was really slick. So for we the... an
1: elevator in our house just to have this elevator. Exactly. This is cool.
2: <laughs> we'll never get one. But we'll never it, get one,
1: of course. We only have two stories. I mean, come on, but
0: still.
2: So <laughs> anyway, so most elevators have either an up or a down button, and you call the elevator to you. then you get into the elevator and then you can you know figure out what floor you want to go on and the doors close and take you there. So what this elevator system had was a keypad instead of the up and down arrows. And underneath the keypad, was a speech button or a help button if you press that button this is where the magic turns into reality because it prompts you it says please enter the destination floor then you hit like for example we were on floor six so you hit six and it goes the car will be arriving shortly and it will and i'm paraphrasing it would say the car is f and it is diagonally behind you to the right So the the door opens, you get on the elevator. When the doors close, you do nothing in the elevator because you've already told the elevator where you wanted to go. The elevator takes you there, tells you what floor you're on and opens the doors. It was really, really cool to be able to do it that way instead of floundering around inside of an elevator, taking your time to try and find the stuff. And then the elevator moves without you wanting to, all this other stuff. So I thought it was very, very slick way to have elevators
1: absolutely one of the coolest things we saw definitely for sure just because i mean how convenient is that come on now and it wasn't by the way some really low quality tts in there oh no no it was awesome it was very clear very understandable now somebody was mentioning to me before we actually saw it that when there's a bunch of you wandering around and, and standing in those elevator banks, you really have to like lean in and practically flourish your face against it to hear what's going on. But nevertheless, mm-hmm. it's really high quality TTS. Yes. So those are a few of our adventures at CSUN. We'll be talking more again about the travel aspect in our upcoming class on the 31st. So if you want to come hang out with us, we'll tell you more about that piece of it. And if any of you were at CSUN, then we can talk about things that you may have seen and, Of course, others will be having this conversation as well, so look out among all your podcasts and see what others have to share about what they saw as well. There was an entire exhibit hall we didn't even get to see, so we wandered around and, and saw a little bit from our exhibit hall, so there was much more, so plenty of people saw things that we did not, but that's just a few things that we got to enjoy. And speaking of new shiny things to enjoy, here's Lisa to share with you about her new shiny coffee maker.
3: Hello, this is Lisa Salinger, and I am coming to you live from my kitchen to talk to you about a new gadget I got. Some of you will be disappointed, and some of you will be thrilled to hear that you do not need an app to run this gadget. Except for the way in which you heat your water, you don't even need electricity. So what I got is an AeroPress. A-E-R-O Press, all one word. It is essentially a French press. So let's talk first about why I got it, and everybody may have different reasons. First of all, this thing is tiny, so if you have to have your coffee and it has to be a certain way and you travel a lot or you used to in the past and you're hoping to again, this might be a really good thing for you. One thing to know is that there are several pieces to this thing, so you might want to have a box or a bag or a tray, depending on whether it's on your kitchen counter or whether you're traveling with it, You might have some way to keep all the pieces together. The reason I got it is because for the past several years I've been using a Keurig or similar knockoff with pretty good results, but the one thing that was disappointing to me is that I couldn't really get coffee that was strong enough to suit me. I think part of this is because I have no sense of smell and I don't taste some flavors well, so it's got to be at least with some flavors, nice and strong for me to notice. And I was looking online, you know, ways to brew a stronger cup in the Keurig, and basically what I was reading was, this is as good as it gets. So I decided to experiment with this thing. It was $29 on Amazon when I got it. So I want to walk you through the process. I just finished heating a cup of water in my microwave. Now, when I say a cup, I literally mean one cup. Um because that's what it holds is one cup of liquid. There are ways to kind of hack this so that you can get more than one cup, and we'll be talking about those. So I've removed my cup from the microwave and I'm sitting it down. I have a filter and the filters for these are little round paper kind of feeling discs. They are not as large and they don't have the stand-up edges like standard coffee filters and I'm just going to wet it a little bit. Okay. Then I'm going to put it in the bottom of the little filter holder which just looks like a lid. You have to set it in there and make sure you get it on there evenly. There are two main parts to the AeroPress. It doesn't really describe these in its documentation so these terms are my own. There's the main body and there's a place on the bottom and my filter holder kind of clicks in there and screws on to place now I'm going to put this on top of my cup now the cup I'm using I actually have two cups I have an empty cup and I have a cup with boiling water so if you have a hot shot or a tea kettle or another way that you want to get water you can do that So I have my coffee. This is just standard ground coffee. You can use espresso if you want. It comes with a coffee scoop that you use, not the coffee, the AeroPress. I'm guessing it holds about two tablespoons. So I'm just gonna take a nice level scoop of my coffee, level it off, and I'm going to pour it into the main plastic body of the AeroPress. This whole thing is plastic. Now, I'm going to gently just kind of shake the body of the thing back and forth so that the coffee distributes evenly. Lid back on the coffee so we don't have an accident. All right, now it comes with, I don't really like to call this a funnel, although that's its function. It doesn't look like a standard funnel. The bottom. That goes into the body is about the same size and then the top is a nice big area. So I have my cup of boiling water and I'm pouring in. Again you can pour from a tea kettle but if you can see you know you could estimate a cup. The plastic is kind of thick and so I can't do it by just touching the outside. That thunk you heard was the funnel landing in my sink. It comes with a stirrer, which is kind of good, I guess, and kind of silly because you could use any spoon. And I suggest you stir it for about 10 seconds, give or take. And I'm just tossing everything into my sink. It's very easy to just wash or rinse things off. It can also go in the top rack of your dishwasher. Now, you may hear coffee dripping down into your cup and that will happen a little bit but what you do as soon as you're done stirring is you put the plunger part on top and you'll be able to tell the plunger part because it has a rubber gasket and then you let that sit for about 30 seconds now it is already filtering coffee through it is coming down and into your cup but that's okay i usually set a timer on my amazon device this time i didn't because i have a little bit of chatter in between so basically what you end up here with is an eight ounce cup of coffee if you want a larger cup of coffee you add two tablespoons to the press and again only eight ounces of water because that's what it holds and then Once you are done and you've pressed your coffee, then you add eight more ounces of water. We'll talk about espresso in a minute, but I think my coffee is about done. So I'm going to press down on the plunger. You want to do this with a nice kind of a stable bottom cup. You can do it with one hand, but two is better, I think. And you'll know you're done pressing when you get to the point that you can't press any farther. It's just done. Okay, so now what I'm going to do, the plunger is about 7 eighths of the way into the body and my coffee is pressed. Coffee itself is done. So I'm going to remove the AeroPress and I'm going to turn it upside down and I'm going to remove the little filter lid. Now I like to do this carefully. For some reason I find that when I make coffee, the filter sticks to The coffee grounds nicely. When I do espresso, sometimes the filter comes off in the bottom and then I have a little bit of more of a mess with grounds. So you kind of want to keep that filter on there if you can. Now I'll talk a little louder because I'm turning my back to you. And I'm now at my trash can and I'm standing over it and you'll hear this sound. And basically what that was, was I pushed the plunger the rest of the way down, and it kind of popped it out in this puck kind of thing. And it just goes very neatly into your trash, and there's very little mess. Let's talk briefly about espresso. Basically, you want to buy espresso separately. I did not know so much, and I've learned a lot. (laughs) So you can buy espresso, or you can grind your own, of course. There is a book on Bookshare. I can't remember the name of it exactly, but if you search for Coffee Nerd, you will learn so much that you will kind of feel like you are in the land of much ado about nothing. At least I did, although I picked up some interesting tips. So espresso, I learned, is you do one scoop of espresso, and then you put it, you know, you make it the way you would make regular coffee. (laughs) The one thing you do not do, at least In my brand new person experience is drink it down like you would a cup of coffee, as in probably not in 15, 20 minutes flat. I had more energy than I knew what to do with that day and was telling people about it and had to be careful not to bite the heads off of people who called it espresso. I was just that wound up. You can also make an Americano, which is what I have ended up doing. And an Americano, I don't know why they have to call it this, I would just call it an espresso with extra water. So basically an Americano means you add a little bit of water. So that's my coffee. I'm very happy with the taste. Coffee snobs say that you need specific kinds of coffee and a specific kind of coffee grinder. Hint, apparently it's not the kind you can buy for $20 at Target like I have. I mostly use it for spices. But in my case, I can't remember the name of the espresso I bought, but the coffee is the same stuff. I've been using for years. It's Pete's coffee, and wow, the results are just so much more. To use kind of the coffee snob terms, so much more robust, so much fuller. I love it because I really can taste my coffee much better, and uh, I think I'm getting a little more caffeine. Definitely have a bit more morning energy, and who can't use a bit of that? Thanks so much for listening, and bon appétit.
2: Thank you, everybody, for joining us, and we hope that you found this exciting and it was just a real fun time
1: it was and we will be back in april to share i'm sure something fun with you as well including an app that may be of interest to you to make your life a little more convenient
0: but more on that in our next episode
2: thank you everybody bye Bye.
0: the preceding podcast is a presentation of mystic access where the magic is in learning If you are blind or visually impaired and desire to discover how our comprehensive products and services may support and empower your assistive technology journey, we welcome your visit at www.mysticaccess.com. Have a question or wish to place an order via phone? Call us at 716-543-3323. If you have something to share about this podcast episode, press 4 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at info at mysticaccess.com. Connect with us on Twitter at twitter.com/slash mysticaccess and like us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash access empower. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Your friends and colleagues may listen and subscribe at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy our episodes, consider leaving us an iTunes rating and review. Your comments are greatly appreciated. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for being a listener. We hope you enjoyed this episode.